on October 19, 2019. A young woman frantically calls her friend, pleading with her to call 911 because two men are shooting at her. She also claims to have shot one of them in the face. Once police arrive, the woman is nowhere to be found. There's evidence of her shooting, but no evidence of any shots fired at her. What happened? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruise Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Adrian Quintal. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist hurricane basement. We had a little hurricane action this week. By the time you hear this episode, it will probably be a couple of weeks and everybody will have forgotten. But, bro, I've got two days off of work because of it. Yeah, it was uh, a little hairy, man. I lost a tree. And like you said, the kid was out for two days. But since I am cyber anyway, we never missed a beat. But good news, we have a new patron from our Patreon page. Hail to the yeah. Miss Nicole Mullen signed up for the beer fun tier. Thank you, Miss Nicole. That's awesome. We got an email from Miss Christy Middleton. She said, I have to tell you guys, I've just started your podcast and love, 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 love it. I started with the Billie Jean Phillips case because I'm from Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And that's not too far from here. Also, I've read a book called When Money Grew on Trees, and that sheriff is all in that book. I'm on the Derman case right now. I'm a little upset that you mentioned Kylie's Chocolate Lab a few episodes back, and you've not only not posted a picture of said doggo, but you've not told us his name either. <laughs> Other than that, you are doing a great job. Well, I have to admit, we, uh, we don't give the doggos enough credit. Our other email is from Miss Julia Clifton, and she sent a long email. Basically, she said that she just started listening a couple of podcasts ago, and she has listened to the Ortega and Kubaki episode, and she has a good idea of what happened to him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What happened? She says, but some people are incapable of dealing with a reality that diverges from their own worldview. If something happened that would fairly be characterized as paranormal, such a person might choose to ignore or disavow the experience to protect their own view of reality. Studying psychology might also indicate a desire to find rational scientific reason for an otherwise unintelligible experience. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) She is eager to listen to additional podcasts, but could not find us. What? And so I reached out to her and told her where to find us and what How do you platforms f- we're on. But she did have a case suggestion. How do you find us? How do you find one and not the, uh, the rest? I don't know. She enjoyed the Circleville letters and followed up with another case suggestion. And so we've got both of those on our list Miss Julia Clifton, and we appreciate the kind, kind words. I think we have a uh, five-star review. I believe we do, considering I said, hey, man, we got a five-star review we could read. <laughs> uh, this well, this one comes from a Find the Bunny, which is an awesome um, name. I, if you hear this, Please get back in touch with us. I want to know the the origin of that. So please let us know. 
Uh, it said, just a great time with friends. Five-star review. This is everything I look for in a true crime podcast. Two buddies with a genuine enthusiasm for true crime, just talking over a case while drinking beers. Cases are well-researched, Arlo, but podcast doesn't come across as overproduced. Me. <laughs> if you guys are ever in San Francisco, San Diego, would love to take you to a local brewery to talk about a local case. The mysterious death of Rebecca Zaho comes to mind. I will have to put that on our list. Thank you so much for that. That is amazing. I love, love, love when I get a notification about a review. That puts us at like 71 reviews and only two have been negative. So that's not bad. We've got one one star and one two star. The two star didn't leave a review, but the one star was... We were brand new and we deserved it. Yeah, but I mean, I wish you would, you know, at least go back and listen and... Give us another chance. But anyway, that's pretty awesome. But today, we are drinking Founders All Day IPA because it's from Michigan. It's delicious. I've already opened mine. I'm sorry. I had to. I was thirsty. It's all right. (laughs) And the fact is, it's low alcohol, so we can drink a few of them and we don't get... And like the label says... It's a whole day, yeah, baby. We don't have to. Uh, and y'all heard end him up say like it, the glitter. Y'all's heard him say it plenty of times. <laughs> One reason we go to All Day IPA is it's not just a twelve pack. No, it's a fifteen pack, which is amaze balls. All right, well, we have all that out of the way, so let's dive into the case of Adrian Ada Quintal. If you're looking for a new podcast to listen to, look no further. Hi, I'm Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. At Cigar Store Idiots, we cover many topics ranging from sports, music, entertainment, health and wellness, just about anything but politics. We try to keep our podcast fun, informative, and entertaining. We're just three guys telling some really great stories. Check out Cigar Store Idiots podcast today. Remember, Cigar Store Idiots, the podcast for the people. On October 17th, 2019, at approximately 2.34 a.m., Ada made a 4-minute and 27-second long phone call to a family friend in Warren, Michigan, saying she heard noises at her cabin. During the phone call, Ada tells the friend that there were people outside and that she had shot one of them in the face, and she needs the friend to call police. The friend tried to get Ada's address and called her back after calling the police, but the phone call went straight to voicemail. Roughly 8 minutes after Ada called the friend, Benzie County Central Dispatch received a 911 transfer from Michigan State Police Metro Dispatch from the said friend. The friend told Benzie County dispatchers that Ada was involved in a shootout with two men. She stated that Ada told her that she shot one of the men in the face, that the other man was shooting at her, and that she was shooting back at them. Ada had told the friend to call police for her and provided the address. The address that was given to police was wrong. So it took them almost 40 minutes to get the correct address. But once they had the address correct, they were there within eight minutes. The cabin is located about 20 miles southwest of Traverse City, Michigan. Now, before we go any further, you know how we like to throw shade at people that don't do what they're supposed to do. The Benzie County Sheriff's Department, I believe did a tremendous job in this case. They, I don't. I think they suck. <laughs> they had <laughs> a lot going on when they arrived, and they handled it quite well. 
they did everything in their power, as you will soon find out, to find Miss Ada. So, investigating the scene, sheriff's deputies found several bullet holes in a window and searched for an injured person or evidenced evidence of an injured person. They could not find any blood or evidence of anyone being injured around or in the cabin. Deputies had to force entry into the cabin, but found that there was no one inside. They found no blood or evidence of someone who had been hurt in the cabin. What they did find was evidence suggesting multiple shots were fired from inside the cabin towards the outside. There were about six to eight bullet holes, including one in the ceiling, and Sheriff's Detective Lieutenant Troy Lamerson told the Detroit Free Press that they removed a piece of the ceiling rafter to find a spent bullet. Now, the driver's side window on Miss Quintal's truck, I'm sorry, vehicle, not truck, was struck, shattering that window. Uh, Detective Lamerson said that there were casings around the outside of the cabin from what appeared to be multiple guns with some casings older and rusty and others appearing newer. He stated that authorities were awaiting results from ballistics tests. He went on to tell the Free Press that the vehicle was registered to Ada's boyfriend who had been at the cabin with her but left in another vehicle that he owned two days earlier to return to Metro Detroit. Detective Lamerson said that Ada tried to call two other people that evening slash early morning who he declined to interview, or I'm sorry, who he declined to identify prior to calling the said family friend. He said that the friend had told police she had heard multiple gunshots in the background while on the phone with Ada. Detective Lamerson went on to say that the house was locked from the inside, but deputies found some windows at the cabin that were open, including the one with the bullet holes in it. He stated that Ada most likely got out of the cabin through a small window on the west end of the house. From there, she may have climbed onto the roof. He goes on to state that what they found could be one of the odder pieces of evidence. Upon searching the roof, they locate her boots and her cell phone. However, her gun was found on the ground and it is unclear how it wound up there. Detective Lamerson stated that there were no notes left behind and there is no video footage that authorities have found, which would lead you to believe that there was some sort of a security camera or something. Now, this cabin is located in rural Michigan, and basically the nearest neighbor, I think, is a quarter of a mile away. And they interviewed said neighbor, and he... The neighbor had stated they had heard gunshots approximately around 2.30. Uh, the neighbor said that he had actually spoken with Ada the day before the phone call was made, and everything appeared to be okay. Uh, Detective Lamerson went on to state that they, the authorities had a couple of call-in tips in widely different locations about people who looked like Ada, but nothing had materialized. Quote, we've not ruled anyone out as a suspect or ruled out any possible theories on what could have occurred. He added that everyone is a person of interest and no one is in custody or charged at this time. 
Now, sheriff's deputies would search, go on and search and call in search and rescue and perform a search around the cabin with tracking dogs and thermal imaging cameras, but did not locate anyone or anything of interest. No scent or anything. No, which that, is extremely odd. It is almost unheard of that they don't find anything. Now, Ada's son, Mr. Nick White, told WJBK-TV Channel 2 that his mother was doing work on the cabin and getting it ready for hunting, hanging out, enjoying the wildlife. She had went to the cabin with her boyfriend, and her son stated that the boyfriend had returned to their place in Southville, Michigan, on October 15th, a couple of days before Ada made the call to the friend. He went on to tell Channel 2 that the boyfriend was up there with his mom and came home to drop off supplies for the condo that they were remodeling. Now, in my research, she was not up there getting it ready for hunting. She was actually up there getting it ready for the winter. Mm -hmm. And it's not their cabin. It is her uncle's cabin. Now, the great and wonderful YouTube channel Brain Scratch had an interview with... he did a really good job. I'm... I'm at odds with Brain Scratch. He has some really good ones, and then you're like, dude. This is, like, it's too long. Yeah. It's, come on. Like, there's no reason for this to be two and a half hours long. Like, I don't have this kind of time. Right. And it's really just him staring at the screen. Yeah. He's got some infographics and stuff like that, but mostly it's just him looking at the screen, so it's hard. Some of it's hard to get through, but you can't say it ain't well-researched. No, he does a great job. You can't say that about the man, so... He interviewed uh, Ada's sister, Jenny, and during that interview, the following points were discussed. He, uh, she stated that Ada worked in the auto industry at a, as a database access programmer. She was extremely intelligent. She loved to be outside. She loved to hunt. She loved to garden. She had a concealed weapon permit and never went anywhere without her 9mm handgun, and she was very skilled in shooting. Now, some people may be thinking, Self, why would a woman be highly skilled and always take her gun somewhere? Well, why wouldn't you? her uh, condo that she's remodeling is just on the, I think, a quarter mile away from 8 Mile Road in Detroit. And if you don't know where that's at, and what kind of business goes on down there? <laughs> Let's just say she's pretty smart carrying that gun around. Well, I mean, and it's Michigan. I don't care how far north Michigan is. They're pretty much a southern state, attitude-wise. Oh, yeah. You know, there there's some rednecks in Michigan. I don't give a damn what you say. And they know it, and they're proud of it, and they should be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ada was previously married for 12 to 13 years. She had been separated for four years, but the divorce was only finalized earlier in 2019. She had been dating her current boyfriend for a little over a year, and his name is Lundy. Lundine? Like Cody Lundine? No, like Lundy. Oh. Now, she stated to Brain Scratch that there had been some challenges in the relationship with the boyfriend, and Jenny says that Ada's personality changed when she met him. She started dressing differently. She started FaceTiming with Jenny instead of just calling her. And Jenny states that he, Lundy, was very possessive and wanted to know where she was at all times. 
She started. God, I hate uh, dudes like that, man. She started wearing tighter clothes, sort of a hippie in style, and that was extremely different from what she used to wear. Jenny would go on to state that she had met Lundy, but she was not very crazy about him. And there was a time during the summer when they were involved, Lundy and Ada, in an altercation. And according to Jenny, he did not protect Ada in the least bit. She was harmed in the altercation and injured quite badly, suffering a broken nose. Now, depending on what you read and what you research... There's a whole rabbit hole in this altercation, and I could not follow it. But the gist of it was she had the hell beat out of her, and he just stood by and watched. Um, It had been rumored that she was struck with fists, and that's how she got her nose broke. Uh, But it was also stated that she had been attacked with a baseball bat. Jesus. Yeah. That's... uh... That's that's uh that's not good. That's some ill intent. Cause she, if you hit someone with a baseball bat and you don't kill them, you're lucky. Cause you probably should have killed them. Like it's a fucking bat. Come on, people. And from what I read, it sounds like when she was struck with either the bat or a fist, she fell backwards and suffered a you know a concussion. How bad that concussion was, no one knows, and, and they didn't stay. They're all bad. I know there's different grades to them, but concussions aren't good, as we're learning through the football. Now, Jenny was asked by Mr. Brainscratch. Wait, before I finish, before I forget, I can't remember if I said it or not before, but I saw a thing that was talking about good home defense weapons, and this made so much sense to me. It was so smart, it was stupid. A baseball bat with a tube sock on it. Why, you ask? Because if you swing it and you hit them and you can't pull it back quick enough and they happen to grab it. That sock's coming off. That sock comes off. But that bat coming back. That bat comes back to you. I was like, man, that's damn smart. Why didn't I think of that? Like, so, yeah. So you can uh, you can take it out, use it as you please. <laughs> We're just here, you know, as a public service. Well, I mean, think about it. Son of a bitch grabs your bat like, oh, I got your son of a... <laughs> Oh hell, all I got is a tube sock. <laughs> oh shit. And by the time he realizes it's the tube sock in his hand, he might have a bat upside his head. And then where will we be then? Not not <laughs> not in a good situation. Now, Jenny was asked by Mr. Brain Scratch if the altercation could be linked to her disappearance, and Jenny stated that she did not think so, even though she did reveal the information to police. And as far as she knows, the two things could not be linked. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I could see that. I mean, just separate incidents, but... But again, it's, you know, like we stated in other cases, your life gets scrutinized. So, now... It certainly does. Lundy and Ada went up to the cabin to do some repairs, and while she was not employed at the time, neither was Lundy. Cabin, like I stated earlier, was actually her uncle's, but he had bad knees, so they were helping and were going up to close it up for the winter. Now, those two things with her son stating that they were going up there to fix it up a little bit, to hang out, and deer hunt, they all could have been true. They could have just told the uncle, hey, do you mind if we go up there, we're going to hunt a little bit, and then when we leave, we'll make sure it's winterized. 
So those two things, you yeah, know, I mean, it's, they're different, but they all could be tied together. Yeah, that's, that sounds legit. Now, Jenny is 99% sure Ada came out of the window located next to the mudroom, and we'll post a picture of the cabin. And in the picture that we post... Who the hell's Ada? Ada is Adrian. Then why ain't you saying Adrian? Because people called her Ada. Why would they do that? Well, I think they have a hard time saying Adrian all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're trying to save time and shit? I think so. They're in a hurry up there in Michigan. (laughs) But anyway, the picture that we're going to post is actually a picture of the cabin in the winter. It is not what the cabin looked like the night she disappeared. What you will notice in the picture is the windows are anywhere from six to eight feet off the ground. Keep that in mind. Now, like I said, Jenny is sure that she went out the window next to the mudroom because it was found open. Her boots and phone were found on the north side of the main roof. While Ada was on the phone with the family friend, it started out that she was just hearing noises, and that's why she called the family friend and mm-hmm. did not call 911. Yeah, that is strange, but... It makes sense. You're going to call, hey, I'm up here by myself, I'm going to call a friend. Yeah, but she tells the friend she's shot someone. Like, that's a little bit more than just hearing noises at this point. Why not, like, hey, I just shot someone in the face. Yeah. Let me call the police. She's, I don't know. The family friend stated that she heard noises. It's very Ada strange. heard noises. Yes, it is. And that during the phone call, she felt like that the situation that Ada was describing kind of escalated. And that's when she tried, um, Ada had tried to call two other people but did not answer before she got in touch with this specific friend. The friend and Jenny both would state, that where the cabin is located, when it's dark, it's dark. You can't see anything. So if she hears noises, her mind's going to start running. Mm-hmm. She also had a space heater on, and all the lights were on inside the house. Which means someone could see in, but you're not going to be able to see out very far. No, not at all. Because that's how light works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, uh, Jenny knows the family friend well. And the friend is not connected to the boyfriend at all. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> the family friend did not hear any shots other than Adrian's. Is that better? Adrian? <laughs> the call started out with the noises and what they could possibly be. It started escalating, and Adrian began to panic, and she said she thought someone was outside. There were times when she would set the phone down Then gunshots were heard. She would then pick up the phone again, and this went on several times. And the last time, she picked the phone back up and said, Oh, my God, I shot him in the face. That's the time to call the police. Yes. Jenny says they don't believe that she shot someone in the face. What they believe happened was she was freaking out, and she saw her own reflection and shot it. Come on. Well, Well, that means it is possible, but you're not going to... Okay, I mean, how are you going to see yourself? Yeah, I just, I don't know. That just don't, I don't know. It's a theory. That's about all I can say about that. Jenny was asked if any drugs or alcohol were found at the cabin, and she said not to her knowledge. She was also asked if Adrian is typically a person who panics. Jenny replied that 
in the injury from the summer altercation. Altercation? Altercation. Remember altercation? Yeah. From the altercation, she had suffered a head injury and wonders if that may have spurred her severe panic. That's possible. Now, there, like we stated previously, there's no evidence of any gunshots other than Adrian's. There were six or seven in the window. One shot was in the rafters. And she thinks it's possible, Jenny, that due to the head injury, she, Adrian, had a mental breakdown and ran into the woods to escape what she thought were intruders. But the police did a very thorough search and found nothing. But that cabin is located in a an extremely marshy area. And from what I could find out, in October, it was borderline flood stage. They couldn't get very far. They could not find any footprints or tire tracks. The area surrounding the house or cabin is very sandy with gravel there was no snow at the time and there was no rain or mud immediately around the vicinity of the cabin Hmm. but again that is odd if she takes her boots off you would think if she's fleeing the scene she would leave some kind of trail i would assume so but i don't know now, when it pressed, it was October in Michigan. Yeah, it's borderline. The ground could be quite hard. Yeah, it's borderline winter already up there. Yeah. When pressed about uh, why Lundy left, she states that they were remodeling the condo up in Detroit, and that he was taking some tiles that they had found in the basement or the crawl space back to her condo. At this moment. On Halloween 2020, Detroit, Michigan, at 1.46 p.m. is 46 degrees. So, it's cold. It's cold enough. If you run out there when you sock feet, you're going to get cold. Yeah, and she's not a huge person. No, she's a petite woman. Yeah, so, not finding her footprints doesn't surprise me. Now, Brain Scratch would go on and ask about the windows, and like I stated... Did they ask about the walls? No, but they went to the windows and the wall. Was there sweat involved? Yep, and there was people crawling. What the hell? <laughs> I don't think we're talking, quoting the same song. <laughs> well, he, to the window! Well, he makes all the bitches crawl. To the walls! <laughs> to the sweat! All right, okay. okay. We're going to get in trouble for not taking this seriously. All right, back to the task at hand. Sorry, I apologize. Now, this is where they get into a discussion about the height of the windows. And like I said earlier, the windows to the ground is almost eight feet in some instances. Any shots that she would have fired at someone she thought was looking in would have went over their head. Or she would have been firing down into the ground. And one of the rounds that she fired had struck her car, shattering one of the windows. Oh, damn. Uh, The sister, Jenny, says that if uh, Adrian had thought someone was outside, she had more bullets in the house, but she did not 
reload or stay in the cabin. And that does not make any sense to her. She was stating you would have just holed up in the cabin where all of your ammunition is at and basically covered the entrances instead of going outside. Why go outside to where you think the danger is at? Um, when asked about why she went on the roof, Jenny says that there is an attic space in the cabin and that she could have been paranoid that someone was going to enter the house from the attic because there is a small window in the attic which was open for ventilation. Now, did Adrian think that someone entered that way and once they were in the house, she went out another window to go up on the roof? Maybe, maybe not. There is a ladder from the attic which comes down into the house between the kitchen and the living room. Now, uh, when pressed about the mix-up in addresses, uh, Jenny states that the friend had told her that when Adrian asked for help, the fam family friend said, I don't know where you're at. Adrian actually put the phone down and was searching for something that had the physical address of the cabin. When she picks the phone back up, she tells her that wrong address, and that's how that happened. Now, take this for what you want, but Lundy got a lawyer and, according to Jenny, did not speak to the family anymore. Well, you can... I mean, I don't know. Take it both ways. I mean, it, what are you I'm getting a damn lawyer. Shit? Yeah, I'm... If my wife gets killed and she's 200... I think the cabin's located like 240 miles away from where they live. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm lawyering up. Yeah. Guilty, not guilty. I'm lawyering up. Like, because... Like many other... I mean, there's FBI profilers out there that'll tell you, and FBI agents, first thing you say when you start to get interviewed is, lawyer. You shut that whole fucking thing down. Yeah, I'm not speaking anything without running it through a lawyer first. They'll be like, what's your name? I'll be like, yeah, I read about the West Memphis case. They'll yeah. make you say stuff you're not supposed like, to. Will you please state your name? And I'll be like, lawyer. Um, should I stay like It's okay. The coach. <laughs> uh, how old are you? Oh, should I? Okay, it's my age, okay. 39. <laughs> That's how that would go. Where were you on? Taking no a shit. No comment. No comment. <laughs> I plead the fifth. But anyway, yeah, you lawyer up. So, but Jenny already does not like the the man. And so. Well, that's a, all, and he probably knows that. Yeah. So that's all the more reason to lawyer up. Yeah, I don't. Uh, At this point in time, like. If it was the 1960s, 1950s, and a man automatically lawyered up, that might be suspicious. But Jesus Christ, it's 2020. People go to jail for all kinds of reasons of things they didn't do. Yeah. And yeah, I, being an intelligent person, don't know the law well enough to talk, to, to represent myself, or who knows? They could paint yourself into a corner and you'd screw yourself over and. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't blame anyone for lawyering up. That is, at this point in time, it is not an indication at all of wrongdoing. Right. It is smart thinking. 
Now, um, he asked, Brain Scratch asked if the family had spoke to Lundy, and Jenny said no, he had not been in contact with them, and she doesn't know if that's by design. Uh, she did state that the last time she saw him, she was angry because her sister was missing, and she had said some very bad things to him when he showed up. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also angry because uh, Adrian went missing on a Thursday, and he did not show up until Saturday after 5. And according to her, and I have to agree with her on this, that's a long time for someone who says they love someone else to show up to a missing persons case. True. Because if my wife's missing, I don't care if I ain't slept or not, Yeah, I'm, I'm balls I'm, out. I'm there. For sure. Because you have to be there. Or you to, don't. I mean, we have to be there to make sure the life insurance is paid up. <laughs> make sure. <laughs> make sure that all fingerprints are wiped down. I mean, you got things you got to take care of. And if you ain't on the scene, you can't do that. You can't hide it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Now. My wife ain't got no life insurance. She said, no. Nah. I ain't giving you anything. Yeah, ain't getting nothing. <laughs> um. Nick, Ada's son, had uh, been helping Lundy and his mother to do renovations on a condo like we stated earlier, and they were in the process of doing so so that they could sell it. And Nick had stated that he had not talked to Lundy either. Again, that could be by design. Now, uh, Jenny thinks that Adrian may have been abducted. And the reason is... She states there was a ladder leaned up against the back of the house where the mudroom roof is. And it would have been easy to go up the ladder and after her on the roof. The other reason is she never went anywhere without her gun. And like we stated earlier, they found her gun with an empty magazine right underneath the area where her shoes and phone were. I thought they were called clips. <laughs> <laughs> Like the people like, oh, just, no. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, if you want to see a, vid- a funny video about clips and stuff, uh, Jerry Mikulik is a professional shooter, and he designs and puts stuff that people say are on AR-15s, and you should see. He's got duct tape. He's got clips, magazines. It's <laughs> like hilarious. actual magazines? Yeah. Like Cosmopolitan. It is, it is hilarious. He goes, but I got my magazine and my clip. <laughs> my, hair, my, my hair clip. All right, back to it. Sorry. Well, you know. Well, this is what happens when I don't do my research. It's I have a little, to find other ways to talk. It's a little dark. This is a dark case, so. Back to the abduction. She said that um, since her gun was found outside in the leaves and not in the house, it seems like she was separated from her gun, and that is why she believes someone took her. Um, she was asked if Lundy was actually at home that night, and um, she says that it appears so because Adrian had sent Lundy a text message at 1.40 a.m. because she had to take her dog outside. And she thought she had seen a cougar out near the road. Like an old lady looking for men? Yeah, she was trolling. She uh, found a troller. She found a, uh, a bar fly. <laughs> but she uh, states that 
she assumes, and this is probably true, that the police had already pinged his phone to check and make sure he was where he said his, he was, or at least his phone was set was where he said it was. Um, she was also asked if uh, she felt like Lundy was involved, and she said she had mixed feelings. While she doesn't believe that he drove over 250 miles to snatch her, she thinks that he knows more than he has shared. But she does not understand why he would not cooperate or contact the family. Well, I mean, I don't know. When asked who would have come after Adrian, Jenny states that she feels like it may have been someone local that knew that Adrian was up there alone. Or maybe it was the a person that she had a, you know, a mild altercation with. But she did state that that was her just rambling because she has no idea and nothing makes sense to her. Now, like we stated previously, when sheriff's deputies arrived, the cabin was locked up and they had to gain entrance through a broken window. Now, the dog in question is a dog that uh, Adrian and Lundy had adopted, and it was basically a mid-sized, sounds like mutt, black and white dog. And it was found in the house when law law enforcement arrived. It was not malnourished or I harmed love, in any way. I love mutts. They're I, so sweet. I love dogs in general. They are. Now, Jenny did state that she had uh, heard that people had rumored that Adrian had staged this whole thing and disappeared by herself, kind of like Gone Girl. And she says that doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Thanks for spoiling that. She I hadn't seen that yet. She could not. Uh, believed that Adrian would not have left a note, took her purse, the phone, the dog, the car, and then disappeared because she would have gotten a lot further away and it would have been many days before anyone realized she was gone. And she could have sold the car for financial gain. So she thinks that that's total horseshit. So take that with a grain of salt. Well, I mean, it's... There's going to be some pretty damning evidence that says she didn't stage this. Yes. Um, that we haven't got to yet. Now, Jenny would go on to state that there was no legal or financial problems, even though Adrian had not worked for many years. And in the standards of things, she was not very well off, but she would not do anything to harm Nick or cause him mental anguish. Um Brain Scratch does ask Jenny if Adrian had any mental health issues, and Jenny emphatically says no. When pressed about the ex-husband, he was actually in Florida at the time, so there's no way in hell he could have done it. And he actually contributed, I think, like 10000 or more dollars to double the reward of information at the time. And I think it climbed as high as 100000 So... <sighs> You know, again, this is extremely an odd, odd situation. So she had been missing for approximately two and a half, three months. And unfortunately, according to the family's Facebook page that they had posted, that the search was over. And, quote, we have not stopped searching for Ada for the past nine and a half weeks. Today we found her. 
We are heartbroken as the search did not have a positive ending. There are too many people to thank in this post. No, we are truly grateful for the thoughts and prayers during this journey. We are too heartbroken to add any more at this time. And the Benzie County Sheriff's Office said that the body was found approximately 500 feet away from the cabin. And it was described as a very rugged area that searchers could not have reached prior. That the family had actually gotten into canoes to go down a small creek to search an area that they couldn't previously. And um, that's when they found her body. And after the canine team searched the area on 12-7 and 12-8, there was an area of interest that was flooded at the time and impossible to search. And when the waters received, received, when the waters receded, the family attempted to go out to a beaver dam at the time and see if they could find a way to get the canine teams beaver back. Dam. And that on Saturday, 12-21 is when they found her. Now, while conducting the search, the body was found, and it was submerged, fully submerged, in approximately 12 to 14 inches of water. An autopsy was conducted on 12-22, and the body was confirmed to be a Caucasian female. And according to the coroner's office, the identifying marks such as scars and a tattoo on her right ankle confirmed what everyone thought, and it was, in fact, Miss Adrian Quintal. Now we get into some of the prevailing theories, and when something like this happens, um, people want to blame someone or something. Just be as loud as you can. Dude, it's Halloween. I'm going to eat Halloween candy. <laughs> Get over it, fucker. Um, if I couldn't enjoy a Reese's Cup on Halloween, then I don't want to do this podcast anymore. If you like dark chocolate, they have dark chocolate Reese's Cups, I and don't they're like good. dark chocolate because dark chocolate sucks. No, it's better for you. Suck the fuck up. Do I look like I'm I know confirmed? you do. You do. You need to be. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Questions I mean, and that's, and that's fair, but <laughs> I'm still going to enjoy my death. Yeah. Questions abound, and rumors started floating around: was drugs involved? Were there actual intruders? Um, had Adrian been withdrawing from her current situation, and they had heard rumors as weird as that she had planned to ditch her condo. And since she had stopped working, that, you know, things kind of were turning for the worse. But questions did arise wanting to know why she did not call 911 and why she gave the wrong address. Well, it's probably because get up, get up, now get, get down. 911 is a joke in your town. Uh, theories on WebSleuth stated that they didn't think 911 could triangulate that in that rural area or was available. But the research showed that it was, so that leads to another oddity. So, again, 911 was available, and I know we kind of touched on the fact that she had heard noises and she called a friend, I guess more out of a, hey, calm me down situation. But once it escalates to where you start Firing your gun from inside your residence, 
that's when you say, fuck it, I'm out. I'm calling 911. I'll see you later. And another thing to keep in mind is she has a 9mm handgun. She fires six to eight times inside basically a room. There's no way she could hear after firing that many shots. Well, I have spoken on a few occasions with people that have fired their weapon in an extremely tense situation. And they do say that you kind of kind of don't hear it. Right. I, however crazy that sounds. Yeah, I agree. So if it was a real life situation, there's or at least she perceived it. Perceived it as a real life situation and she's firing a gun in an emergency situation, made up or not. She may or may not have been able to even hear the shots themselves. Yeah, and if anyone that listens is an avid hunter, you'll know in the heat of the moment hunting anything, you're not going to recall the concussion or of the firearm report. You're going your adrenaline's pumping and I can only assume that if you think your life's in danger, you're sure as shit not going to hear it. So now there was rumors that she was suicidal and um they sought reasons of her not having a job feeling guilty of not about not having a job and that this may have led to her demise uh most people do believe that she was of sound mind when she began the call and she may or may not have purposely given the wrong address. Um, someone stated that they believe she sat on the roof as a peaceful place to regain her thoughts. And then she abandoned that position and run off into the woods. Now, there is a possibility of drug-induced event that would further intensify a mental breakdown but again law enforcement had not found any or at least they didn't say they found anything at the scene now the coroner's report did finally come out according to the benzie county sheriff's office the medical examiner determined that miss adrian quintal died and i quote as a result of combined toxic effects of methamphetamine and diazepam with a contributory cause of hypothermia and environmental exposure to cold. Hmm. But the doctor did tell undersheriff of Benji County that there was enough drugs in her system that it was a lethal dose. Well, considering she died... So whether she I had, would tend to agree. So whether she had stayed in the cabin or not, she would have succumbed to an overdose of the drugs in her system. On the medical examiner's report, the manner of death is listed as accidental. The sheriff stated that he does not believe the two men at the shootout were real, and he is on record of stating, quote, keep in mind that this amount of drugs would certainly have caused hallucinations or possibly have caused extreme an extreme break with reality. And that's the theory that they were going on considering the phone call that she made. But she didn't sound... 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She didn't sound distraught she under didn't the influence. Sound under the influence, though, from everything I've seen, which is strange. I mean, of course, if it's methamphetamine, she's just been talking fast. And I guess it could be misunderstood as her being in a real situation, but her being panicked. Right. I, I don't know, man. That's just. The sheriff said that he. Um, can we, I mean, really? Can we just dismiss everything and just say that it was. A drug-induced a hallucination? A drug-induced hallucination? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, the sheriff's... Again, I think they did a, a very good job because he's on record stating that while Adrian's family insisted that she was not involved with drugs, he said that sometimes people you know say that something... Say they're something and they're unfortunate. Unfortunately, they're not... And they hide this from their family and friends. And while it is an unfortunate situation, it's actually a tragic situation for her family. Yeah, any time somebody dies, it's a tragic situation. Unless, you know, it's like Hitler. That was pretty cool. But he didn't die. He died in Argentina. He didn't die. He died in Argentina. He didn't die in the bunker. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Did you watch the damn show? I did. He didn't die in Germany. I mean, I would say... Fuck off! (laughs) All right, that's it. I'm done. Let me finish (laughs) before you bust people's eardrums by screaming into the microphone. I would say that there's evidence supporting that he probably did not. Or at least they hadn't planned for him to. They definitely planned for him to be in Argentina. Whether or not he actually got there, I don't know, but... All right. <laughs> he dead by now. Oh, yeah, he dead. <laughs> Unfortunately, this case um, in my research was summarized for me by a post on Web Sleuths by Mr. Coffee Cat. And he stated, quote, I have very little doubt that law enforcement found drugs or drug paraphernalia from the beginning And while I'm glad they didn't release the info to victim blame or shame, it would have narrowed some of the far-fetched theories being batted around. And I, you know, I agree with him because the way that if you read the articles in the Detroit Free Press when she first went missing, they keep a lot of things close to the vest and I think it was out of protection for the family and that they didn't they didn't know 100% that maybe let's just say that there was drug paraphernalia in the cabin when they entered they didn't know if it had been brought into the cabin by the supposed attackers or if it was hers and they didn't say anything out of respect for the family and for that reason you know my hat's off to Benzie County Sheriff's Department um you know this is just a sad sad story and I know there's some fringe conspiracy theories out there that she was abducted and she was shot up and well, and then she was brought back. and They did find her in a location that had been searched numerous times. The drug dogs... They couldn't find any the scent. The dogs did not find any scent of her. There is some supporting evidence to that. Perhaps she did get abducted. Perhaps she was... Of sound mind during the incident, and she was just shot up and abused until she died. Which is a horrible, horrible thing to think of, think, but man, it happens. 
Oh, it happens all the time. The toy box killer. Yeah. Yeah, that one's awful. If we ever do that one, I'm not here. (laughs) Well, it's been solved, so we're not doing it. (laughs) But that one's, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That little recording he'd play for him. Oh, man. Yeah. Fuck that. So, at this point, we usually give our theories... I can be led to both sides of that coin. I can see her having a mental break from either the concussion and she was self-medicating with diazepam and meth. And she had a break from reality and thought something was going on that wasn't. But again, also, you know, she could have been taken from the scene and and given a lead lethal dose of those two drugs and brought back the way that i read one of the articles is where they found her was not very far from the river and it sounded like that they could you could have accessed the location she was found from the river which would lead you to believe that it was not out of the question that she was brought back and placed there Mm. what is odd is that she was submerged in 12 to 14 inches of water and that the coroner feels like that she died from a combination of the drugs and exposure, and that she did not basically pass out from the drugs and drown. So that is an odd situation. This has the a couple of hallmarks of the missing 411, because it's found near water, they've searched, and but it's not a true 411 case. I would, I would say that it's not. No, I, I'm just I'm just saying that it has some but, of the things. I mean, it does. She's it's they, in the middle of fucking nowhere. They it's near water. It's near water. They had searched they and could not find her. Well, I mean, yeah, they couldn't find her. They found her in in a place that was searched thoroughly. They found her. I don't know. I think maybe because the drugs. Yeah, the drugs is the is the is the kick out. But I don't know, man. It's this is an odd case. I think the drugs disqualifies it because that's a solved, you know, reasoning. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think he would disqualify it because of the drugs. Yeah, I agree with you. Do you have any theories that you would like to share with us? Man, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's one of, it's one of two things. Either, I mean, it was either real or it wasn't. There's nothing much to it. It's one or the other. Did she really experience that? Were there really attackers? If there were, that's terrible, terrible. But you would think that they would leave something behind. Maybe, maybe she was the only one that shot. And maybe they waited till she emptied the clip. (laughs) 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 Maybe... Maybe they waited until she emptied the magazine and then entered the property. I mean, who knows? But I just don't know. I think it's too easy to say drug-induced psychosis. I mean, how prevalent is drug-induced psychosis? I don't know. That's one thing I couldn't find is... I mean, it is methamphetamine. And I wonder what the diazepam does added to that. I don't even know what meth looks like, so I certainly don't know what diazepam does to when it mixes together with meth. I'm assuming not good. Not good. 
But, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't know. All right, well, uh, recommendations? Well, we have to do our theories, though. Let's make some wild shit up. Fucking moron. It was, like, well, I mean, think about it. It's the middle of fucking nowhere, Michigan. It's cold. Who lives up there? Sasquatch. Melon heads. No. I was going to say Kid Rock. (laughs) I think he moved out. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it could be Sasquatch. Why couldn't she have saw Sasquatch? She's abducted by Sasquatch. Sasquatch fed her methamphetamines for quite some time and then brought her back. That's it. Case solved. I mean, that's what I'm going with. Why not? All right, boys. Well, we're getting to the uh, recommendations. What you want? You we? I go. Oh, now I get to go. (laughs) Well, I do have a podcast recommendation again, even though I've strictly forbidden it from everybody. I guess those rules don't apply to me. But I found these guys, and they're pretty funny. So. They're kind of similar to us, so if you like us, you might like them, but they got them their accents. So it's called the But It Was Aliens podcast. They put out a Halloween special on the Mothman, and they uh, they got some pretty good stuff. If you, if you like stuff about aliens, this is your podcast, so give them a listen. Well, my recommendation is going to be the Brain Scratch episode on Adrian Quintal. Because we did not do it justice, and he does a much better job interviewing Jenny, the sister. Stop saying that we didn't do it. We did do it justice. We do everything. We didn't do the interview justice is what I was trying to say before you rudely interrupted me. Now my feelings are hurt on Halloween. But please give him a listen. Again, he is... Very thorough in his research, and you get a lot more information than the synopsis that we provided. Do you have anything else there, Slappy? No, because you yelled at me. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to take your ass outside and whoop it. (laughs) Tune in next week when he wakes up. All right, boys and girls. Well, uh, deuces.